Today on Lockdown Red Wings, should Detroit trade for Coyotes forward Clayton Keller? Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's a host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Uh, the Detroit Tigers that are what? One game under 500 right now? If they win on Sunday here, they'll be 500? If they win on Sunday. We're recording this before the game, but that's a massive if. But yeah, Who, Who's on the bump? Erod, but they have their ace too. Yeah, so. Yeah. so, you know, after you finish this one, you know, Guys, go check out Lockdown Tigers. You see it down there in the corner. Uh, I'm still getting used to this new setup, Scotty, here uh, on our new platform. And when I was done reading the cold open, I, it still takes me a minute to find out where the intro is now. And so I was like, <laughs> like there's like, like a second or two of me just staring, scrolling, scrolling. There it is. Click. <laughs> just like, tr- tr- still trying to figure out where everything's at. Adjustment period. It's an adjustment boys. period for sure. And uh, one, Scotty. By the time people are listening to this, it will be Memorial Day. So happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Uh, and today, guys, as you can see on our new fancy graphic, you can see what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to reverse the order, though, from Friday, where Friday we kind of let off the show talking about the IIHF. I think that we'll save that for the end. And we're just going to get right into the meat and potatoes of this episode. We're going to lead off by talking about, and this was expired, inspired, not expired, inspired by one of our listeners in the mailbag. I believe it was Emmett Ferguson. Uh, on Twitter, who asked us the question, what we thought about the Red Wings trading for uh, Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz. And we're going to focus today at least two segments on the Clayton Keller aspect, because we really like that uh, Red Wings need a scoring forward. He had a career year. He's super young on a long-term contract. So we're going to talk about a potential trade for that Arizona Coyotes forward. Uh, first things first, though, Scotty, when you're talking about Clayton Keller, you know, he's on a seven-year deal, eight-year deal. This is going to be his fourth year of the eight-year deal, the last year of a no-trade clause. So you would think if this trade is going to get done, and if the Arizona Coyotes even want to trade him, because that's going to be a huge part of this discussion too, it would have to be this year. He's got uh, eight years at $7.15 million a year. Yeah, I, I honestly – just the entire coyote situation is so fascinating and and uh i i don't know i i have no clue what is going through the minds of that nobody does at the moment you know like I, I don't know if their thought is like we need to keep all our best players and really try to like maybe not be a complete laughing stock every year to try to stay in arizona Harsh. or if it's the opposite right it could be the complete opposite too like well, th- this ship has sailed. Like clearly, th- this is not like gonna be a thing long term. We're gonna have one more year at Arizona State, and then we're not gonna have a place to play, and they're gonna move us somewhere else. So, like, we might as well just uh, like hit the reset button on the franchise and and, and like blow it up. I it, or it could be anything in between. Like, I I'm, I mean, genuinely, that franchise is just in such array and just has no clue what's going on and. Uh, I, it, it could, it could be anything. It, 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 they, they could choose to go in any direction this off season. And I wouldn't be too terribly surprised that they have 
what was it like after the trade deadline or maybe like right around the trade deadline they had like almost half their salary was dead money like players mm-hmm. that were either retired or like like salary holding there like- was a lot of conversation about how this is also a form of cap circumvention Right. And what they and how they were doing it, where they were taking on a lot of dead cap. The players the on the ice were nowhere close to the cap floor. <laughs> yes, it was. They were intentionally taking on dead money to hit the cap floor to field the worst possible team. And you know, we, as far as the anti-tanking crowd goes, like this is the most egregious tanking sure. I've ever seen out of any team. Chicago Blackhawks were doing something similar, but not to the quite to the tier of what the Coyotes were doing. I mean, they had so much money tied up. They had $21 million tied up in dead cap. Brian Little. Who, when was last time Brian Little played in the NHL, first I of all? I could <laughs> right? not tell you. Shea Weber, Jacob Ver- uh, Voracek, all those guys. $21 million of cap space. That's insane. Man, and Shea Weber. Who, shout out yeah. Shea Weber. Shout out Shea Weber. Legend. So, like, yeah, there, there's a huge conversation. That's a whole different topic about the cap circumvention on the opposite end, on the cap floor right. side of things. Well, to make sure your team of- sucks. That, right, that's just part of my point. Is like, how much do you say he was making? Clayton Keller? Yeah. 7.1. Right, so like, that's huge for them, right? You know what I mean? Like, just to, to keep their heads above water when it comes to the cap floor, like, that's huge. That's that's not, like, any other team in the NHL, pretty much, you're looking at that and you're like, oh, they'll figure it out. They'll fill that gap. The Coyotes, you can't really... Like assume that, like you, you, they they might be looking like, hey, this is not only is this uh, uh our youngest, like brightest futured player on the team, but on top of that, he's one of the only reasons that we're not under the cap floor year in and year <laughs> out. And so, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, it's just like all things you have to consider when you're trading with this franchise. It's a tough sell. I think he'd be perfect for the Red Wings just because of what he brings. I mean, he sure. is, uh, again, uh, even away from, like, he's very affordable. He's got four more years left, and he's got modified or a no a no trade clause starting after this upcoming season. Uh, he had a career year this last year, 86 points in 82 games, 37 goals, 49 assists. He plays left wing, right wing, um, and he shoots left. He is a goal-scoring winger. He hasn't yet had that 40-goal season, but he is trending upwards. Um so, like, he's getting better as time goes on, and he's only 24 years old. So, as a Red Wings fan, you think, this guy's a perfect fit. Um, but when you look at what the Arizona Coyotes' needs are, and the Coyotes are a team that's rebuilding, I don't know if you've looked at their draft capital. It is insane. Yeah, they have yeah. four third-round picks this year and two first-round picks. They have four second-round picks next year, three third-round picks, and four second-round picks in 2025 with a uh, conditional third on top of their own. So they are like full on in the rebuild mode right now. The big question mark obviously being is, you know, where are they going to play? Are they going to even remain in Arizona? And that's going to play a lot into whether or not these players want to stay. Uh, Clayton Keller's dad tweeted out, although now he claims he was hacked. Like who's going to hack Clayton Keller's dad's account and then tweet out Clayton Keller's not staying in Arizona. Like doesn't seem very likely because it was a reply to a tweet too. It wasn't even like a Either way, Clayton Keller's dad tweeted out whether or not you believe it was a hack or not that Clayton didn't want to stay. Now, that could just be his dad saying things without actually having spoken to his son. Like sometimes parents speak up and, you know, speak for their children when they don't actually have uh, what their kids think in mind. But if that's true and he wants out, then there's not really much of a choice for Arizona's. uh, And this is this is the last year that they have the opportunity to make a deal without him being able to deny who to go to. Right. Because 
at the start of next offseason, next July 1st, not the one coming up here, his no trade clause is going to kick in. So they're going to have a year to move him if he supposedly does want to be moved. But he also probably fits the timeline of their own rebuild. He's 24 years old. He's going to be a veteran leader and one of the best players on their team, assuming they stay in Arizona long enough to get good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, and that's the thing. Like, if, if you're looking at their roster and and you're looking at players who actually have a chance of being, like, centerpieces for the Arizona Coyotes, this is, like, 1-1. This is the, this is the clear, like, slam dunk, slam dunk choice there. So, it, it's just on so many levels, I feel like it would be – relatively difficult to pry him away just because of all of those things like that's a that that's a that that feels like a tough sell to them I I would say to their like fan base but again like their fan base has much bigger fish to fry (laughs) at the moment like I I don't I I genuinely the, the 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 franchise is just in such a a weird spot where all this entire conversation is just as much about what the heck the Coyotes are going to do over the next couple of years as it is, like, what is the actual value of Keller? Yeah, and I think in segment two, we probably just talk hypothetically. Again, the big question whether or not they even want to move him is up to grab. Like, how how long is the timeline they see this rebuild going on? If they think it's going to be another five years, they sell high on Clayton Keller. He had a career year. He's only trending upwards. He's got a lot of tenure left, so his value is even higher because he's there to stay. He's not a rental. But if they think that their timeline's shorter, because some teams do, some teams think that, you know, they're going to be competitive sooner rather than later. And they double down on the guys they have. They draft all that capital and then they just go for it. He could be part of that core now. Like he could be their Dylan Larkin, so to speak. No, um, by the time a lot of their young talents are at the NHL level. But I think in segment two, we'll just have to base what we're talking about on the hypothetical that they're willing to trade him to make that make this conversation work. Um, because I think there's a reality where they could, but I also think there's a reality where they, they hang up the phone and go, no, he's our core. And, you know, everyone's got a price though, right? So uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Scotty, we're going to continue this conversation, talk about what possibly could be dealt to trade for uh, Clayton Keller. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part needs your, uh, fits your need just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're talking about a possi- the possibility of trading for Clayton Keller. I think this overall would be a hard one to pull off um, because of, I think, I think that honestly, more so than his ability and his youth, it's the tenure that would br- drive up the price on him. Yeah. Um, and plus the fact control is yeah everything, right? Like we, we talk about that a lot and, and uh, it's, it's, I've said it obviously a billion times, but like the market determines what the player's value is and a market for a guy who has his production for one year or two years 
is still going to be decent, but getting him at the current contract they have too, which is while it's big, it's not, you know, like an arm and a leg for a guy who had a point a game season at 24 years old this year. Over, over a point a game. Right. And um, I mean, for what it's worth, he was only a minus two on right, the Coyotes. On the Arizona Coyotes, right, yeah. So, like that for a guy who, what'd you say, had seven years left? Uh, Well, no, he's got four, five years left because this is oh, going to be the start mil, of right, seven, seven mil. Yeah, one, this is the start of year years. four of eight. Right. So, yeah, like you're, you're still talking about having this dude under contract from he's about to be 25, his age 25 season, all the way until he's like pushing 30. I mean, that's a... That's a huge window there on a pretty solid AAV for a guy who had over a point a game and was almost a 40-50 guy. Like, that's that's he was three goals and, and one assist away from being a 40-50 player this year. Like, and that's, I mean, that's uh, uh, definitely something that if the Coyotes were to put him out there, the, the market would be really high. And he's also a, you know, 86th percentile of uh, player at goals uh, expected goals above replacement as well like he is in the top 14 percent of all wingers all forwards in the nhl um at goals above replacement in fact his expected goals above replacement is like astronomical let's see if i can figure out the screen share here on our new system uh i'll do that later i'll figure that out a different day uh because i don't want to mess it up but his expected Wait. goals above replacement at even strength is like 14 his goals above replacement were lower so he was supposed to score even more than he did based on the type of play that he did. Right. His, he was um, a benefit on power play offense. He was above uh, goals above. He was a positive goals above replacement player at power play and shorthanded. His only detriment was even strength defense. But whenever we're talking about a bad team and you see a player whose defense is below goals above below replacement level play, you have to take into account also the entire team was bad. Like this Coyote team right. was so like I want I would almost say historically bad in the way we talked about it. They they circumvented the cap by having twenty one million dollars in dead cap. They had like college kids out there essentially playing hockey for them at one all point, season long. Yeah. So it's like when I see that their defense is below replacement level, I don't take that super seriously, knowing what type of roster was on the ice as a whole. In the end, this guy can absolutely help and fix the one glaring issue, the one, one of the two big glaring issues the Red Wings have right now, which is goal scoring. The other issue being goaltending, which Scotty and I will do a couple hypotheticals about who to shot, sign and who to trade for goalies, uh, as well as the offseason goes on. But, I mean, Clayton Kell is another winger who fits that fits that window. But what are you going to have to give up for a guy, at, for as you stated, Scotty, has five years left on his deal at $7 million, who, let's be honest, is, was probably planned to be a part of the Coyotes' future. Again, it's going to depend on what the Coyotes think, where they think they're at right now, what is in the best interest of the franchise. I mean, we've seen Eiserman sign guys and trade them away, Anthony Mantha. Uh, so it, it does happen. But what do you think it's going to take to get a guy like Clayton Keller? Well, I, I think something you mentioned earlier about their draft capital is important to bring up because if, if the Coyotes, just timing-wise, okay, if the Coyotes wa- actually wanted to move him, that would mean, to your point earlier, that they do not believe their window is in the next four, four-ish years, yeah. right? Because that's how long he's under contract for. So I don't 
think necessarily, while I'm sure they will want some prospects for sure, I'm not sure they're going to be really like driven hard by like, oh, this dude is an NHL-ready prospect. I think they're just going to take highest ceiling no matter how far away the player is. So I'm I'm thinking either that you can probably avoid like the the NHL ready just because our timelines are different, right? Like I think yeah. you could probably avoid getting giving up a ton of uh, of prospects who are about to make the NHL and are kind of right on the cusp there. And you could either go to like really young NHL prospects that are still a, a, a ways away, or just use that insane draft capital that you have as well because clearly that is what they are trying to do over the next three drafts they already have a, a ton of draft capital as is uh, I, I think that adding that would be in their best interest because again if they were to get rid of Keller that would be them saying pretty much out loud we do not expect to compete in the next four years we're trying to maximize value when it's at its highest so I, I, I'm not saying that it's going to be cheap by any stretch of the imagination, oh, no. but I, I think timing wise, you could probably convince them like, Hey, you're not really looking to compete anyway. Why don't we give you draft picks that won't be ready for a few years or NHL prospects who are still a few years away and maybe stay away from like the, the, the young talent that is just kind of bursting onto the scene in Detroit. But I, to your credit that you said in segment one, he is $7 million a year. They're going to need a guy on the roster now who's going to take up cap totally space. Totally fair, yeah. So I do think they're going to want an NHL player back in return. And now the caliber of that player, I don't know. Maybe you can trade them somebody who is just basically a, a, a pretty sizable cap hit. Like, I don't want to just throw out names. I'm not advocating for trading anyone in particular. I'm just saying, like, maybe you could throw them a Ben Chirot. Uh, <laughs> possibly. I mean, I mean if have, you're talking about, they have like, a log jam. I'm sorry. The yeah. Red Wings have a log jam on the left side. So it would make sense for the Red Wings to do that. And then also you'd basically only be net adding $3 million to your cap. Cause you're paying Sherratt four mil. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, that's not that, one for one. Well, no, obviously yeah, that would be as a start. <laughs> that would be a, Hey, this is so that you don't have to deal with the cap floor issue. Like we'll make this a little easier for you. Now the rest of the trade is actually going to be like how we Real evaluate things. Keller as a player. Yeah, that, Sherrod, the, the Sherrod, Sherrod would have zero value in this. Deal. Sherrod Literally would be, zero. and again, I'm not advocating for trading Sherrod. I'm just throwing that as a hypothetical. But if this were the situation where they would decide to deal with the left side D-man logjam, they trade away the guy who has the most cap uh, hit to the Red Wings, to the he'd be like the last piece, you know, just to help them out. Right. with that situation. But this is all again, assuming the coyotes see their window further in the distance that they want assets for the future. So at that point, you're talking about what a first round pick probably this year. Um, they'd probably ask for nine. Are you willing to give up nine for Clayton Keller? I mean, obviously it'd be more comfortable 17, but coyotes want to get draft capital. Is he a nine caliber player? Uh, Yeah. I mean, if you don't give them nine, you probably give them what, seventeen, and then two, two of your second rounds this year. Honestly, at that point, you might even be looking into like they might just go. You know what? We would rather be patient since we're not going to be competitive anytime soon, and we'll try and take a higher pick in the future years. You know what I mean? Like that might be a weird situation where they just be like. 
and the Red Wings might not be married to it, assuming that they're going to get better. Yeah, um, and if the Red Wings want to get better now, you know, trade that ninth overall, I guess. Like, if- No, I agree with that. I'm saying that it might even be in the Wings' best interest to be like, let's trade our first round next year because we're going to be better. So that's not going to – assuming we're going to be better. If we're not better, that's a huge issue, obviously, but that's its own thing. If we take another step forward, that's not going to be like a super high pick. Um, the Coyotes, I don't think, care about the difference between a first rounder this year or next year. I uh, see. I disagree with you. This no, no, is no. A- I'm saying, sorry, I, I should clarify what I'm saying. I do think that a first rounder this year is going to have to happen. But I'm saying, if 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 you're telling me you have to give up a first and a second this year or something along those lines, I think that. The wing, uh, they'd probably just rather give up the second, I guess. That's fair. Yeah. And then you'd be t- coming to, so let's, like, just, let's say you're at ninth overall. Now you're talking, what prospects would they want? I think they'd probably want some prospects who are closer to the NHL level. I know you were saying, like, maybe some deeper prospects, but like, they're going to want somebody who's close. They just go highest ceiling and they don't care about how close it is. That was my point. Not necessarily yeah. that they're going to stay away from that like, already prospects. Like, maybe a Mazer or a, uh, I, I keep throwing Berggren out there. Like, I don't want to trade Berggren, but he's just like the first one that comes to my mind. That's like a really good prospect, the high ceiling, but not quite blue chip. But, like, it's already just talking about this. And it's all because, again, it's all because of the tenure he has left. It's already kind of getting too rich for my blood. Yeah. You know, and this is this is the scenario in which they don't have, I, I don't know, because those guys are, the, the, the prospects and the players are years away, right? The guys we're talking about, with the exception of Aragorn, they're years away. Clayton Keller would make the team better now. So I think I could grip my teeth and bear it if it was a situation like ninth, Mazer, and Sherratt. You know, like I think I could grit my teeth and sure. bear that because it'd make the Red Wings better now, bring the window closer. Yeah. But, and we'll talk about this in segment three because we got to go to another quick break. If the Coyotes' opinion is no, if you want Clayton Keller, we're closer to competing than you think. We want some actual NHL ready players that you guys value. But, like, in how return, is that possible for them team- to trade Keller and still be like, we're competing? I mean, again, the cat, again, I go back to the Capitals Red Wings trade. That was one of those situations. They could be looking for a win-win. I don't know. Um, their team we'll, is awful. I know their team is awful. <laughs> but my, With Keller. But you know how this organization is run. We've seen organizations. The Flyers are awful, yet they tried to go for it with their core. Like, we see this time and time again. And they could they could view it as, like, maybe we're ready to take a bigger step forward than people realize. I, I'm not sure. So we'll talk briefly about that in segment three. So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I guess let me rephrase how I want to say this. I think that it becomes an absolute no the moment you have to mortgage your window. If they come back and they, I don't think Clayton Keller, again, it's that tenure that scares me, that extra five years left. Because I think that tenure alone, Scotty, could have them being like, we want Raymond, we want Edvinson, we want Casper. And to that, I would say, no thanks. Yeah, definitely not, yeah. I, I think that as much as I like Keller, I think it's so hard to get this trade done because of that tenure. I think unless they're going hardcore sell mode, which I don't think they're going to do anymore because, I mean, they are in sell mode still, um, so to speak, because they're still rebuilding. But I think that they're now in the stage of we've sold all our assets off. Now we want to accrue. I think they want Clayton Keller to be that core piece. So I think to make a trade happen, they'd be asking for a lot to build. I think that's what I was trying to say is not necessarily go for it at the end of segment two, but like they want to build now sooner rather than later. 
they want to build around what Clayton Keller is. And if you want to trade Clayton Keller, who's their core, they're going to have to get core pieces back. That's what I meant. Yeah. It, yeah. At the, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if they don't, I don't want to say if they don't want to, but like if they're not actively looking to move him, it's going to cost a lot more to like pry him away. You know what I mean? Like if there's, if it's established that they are going to get rid of him, they're going to just keep kicking the can down the road here and whatnot that then you'd obviously have an easier time, but yeah, if their mind is already made up, like where he's going to play out his contract here, we're going to try to build around him. Then that's going to cost you even more. And then it's going to definitely get too rich for everybody. Like not, I don't think anybody would really be on board or, or needs Clayton Keller that badly uh, to where the, the wings would have to start giving up some of their better prospects. So, yeah, the, the, you're looking at you're looking at uh, some more draft capital that they want to just add to their already massive pool of draft capital, and a better prospect, but as you stated, not a blue chip. And I think that that would be uh, a place to start and kind of navigate around. And anything more than that, or once you start having that prospect turn into you know like uh, somebody that this franchise is really trying to build around, that's when you go, okay, no thanks. Yeah, it's basically there's it's a tough trade to make because of he's a really nice piece. He's a really young piece. I think he could fit well with the Red Wings organization, but it's really not to beat a dead horse here, but it's going to come back down to whether or not the Coyotes see their window further off in the distance than closer, which I mean, realistically, it might be. And whether or not Clayton Keller even wants to be there, because if he says he wants out, then it's no longer in their power. Right. Like then they have to do something and his value will depress because he wants out and teams will know that. Um. But yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. It's really nice piece on a nice cap hit, but because of that, his value is going to be more expensive. It's going to be it's going to cost more. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk briefly here about the IIHF. Uh, the semifinals happened, and the finals are going to happen today as of recording this. So by the time this airs, people will know between Canada and Germany who walked away with gold. Moritz Sider with the opportunity to win gold at world championships with team Germany, the first medal that they're going to win since they were West Germany in what, 1953. I think I said on Friday's episode. Yeah. Those, those European countries just get stronger and stronger every tournament. I just love seeing that, man. I love seeing that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, yeah, I mean, cider had a, had a loud game too. I, he, uh, he's been a little chippy. I love you, man. A little bit of a physical presence out there. That's why Cider is, in my opinion, like the one of the two real genuine untouchables on the Red Wings roster right now. And that's just because he is he is the future of the back end. He's going to be a monster for the Red Wings. Yeah. So that I mean, that game, the Germany versus USA game was absolutely nuts, by the way. That was an electric factory overtime and whatnot. And uh, when Germany won it, seeing cider, you know, like freak out and, and get all happy on the ice was kind of cool, but um, obviously not great for the, for the, the American lads there, but uh, what else is new? Right. It's been great <laughs> hockey though, man. It's been a great tourney. Um, it, it's, it's been really, really fun to watch and keeping an eye on a team like Germany who uh, obviously has cider, but like, uh, historically is certainly not one of the the powerhouses that often finds itself here is definitely super cool and, and obviously great for the game of hockey yeah and 
It's a little unfortunate for Team USA, though. I, God, it's just when it comes to the World Championship, but they went historically, they, they've never gone 5 and 0 in pool play. They always do really well in pool play. They get to the elimination games and they just choke. Yeah. They lost to Germany. And that was, I mean, Germany just outplayed them straight up. And it sucks because Carter Mazur had a great tournament as well. Yeah, I don't think we've even mentioned Mazur's performance yet at Worlds, but he was great all tournament long, which is an ad, just adding to my excitement for him potentially being a Red Wing next season. I think he could do it. I think he could oh, do it. That is a statement on May 28th I, for sure. I Listen, we're in hot take season right now. <laughs> we're saying things. No, but I don't even think that's that hot of a take. Like, he looks bona fide. Like, he looks so genuinely yeah, looks good. good. I think he's going to push for a roster spot. I really do. I don't know if he'll get it, but I think he'll push for one. I think he's grown so much these last two years, especially this final year. Like what he did with Denver this year was was he was fantastic. I love I love him so much. I cannot wait for Carter Mazur to be a Red Wing. Um, but they fell to Germany, and then they fell to Latvia in the brown bronze medal game. They did. That was the first medal Latvia has ever won in f- front of I think a home crowd because Latvia and Finland hosted the tournament. So Latvia, for the first time in international hockey history, has won a medal, and that crowd went bonkers when they scored that overtime goal to beat the United States. That was, I mean, they were outside of a blowout and during pool play against Canada. Like they only lost four to two against Canada. They had a one, nothing lead and a two to one lead against Canada. They played powerhouses tough. They beat team Sweden too. Like this Latvia team, like this is their miracle. It's only a bronze, but this is their miracle. Like, yeah, this is their, uh, their Lynn sanity run, baby. This it, is uh, absolutely, but it's, it's awesome. Again, like seeing, seeing not like the same old same old four or five countries in in the final you know four and and in the championship game and whatnot is uh is awesome and it's it's very good not only for hockey but it's good for the players too. get people some more exposure that that they're maybe not used to and there's a lot of talent out there man it's 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 been this has been one of the 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 better tourneys in a while I, i think that this entire thing was a massive success start to finish yeah it has been. And, you know, I, I joked earlier that, you know, it's the NIT of the Stanley Cup playoffs because that's where all the non-playoff players go. But for a lot of players that aren't even NHL level, like this is this mm-hmm. is it. This in the Olympics. And some of these guys don't make Olympic rosters just because of the way yeah. it's made up. This is a really big deal in the international stage, the IIHF World Championship. And Latvia stepped up, and I'm really excited to see how this helps propel that sport forward in that country it's a small country i think it's a country of two million people maybe the country that has 300 million in america right to cho- like to choose its athletes from that's <laughs> that's incredible so i'm really happy like that's the thing i'm most excited about there wasn't even latvian any red wings latvians i was just excited because like i love one i love underdog stories i always Absolutely. whenever Underdog. playoffs go i'm like yeah that's the team like it was uh in march madness it was all fau baby it was, all Go it was TCU up until the point where they uh, they played Michigan, and then there was TCU again after they beat Michigan. Well, they, uh, <laughs> oh, how how'd that go? <laughs> Not great. Close Not great, Bob. Game for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I guess uh, to end, good for Latvia. I'm I'm happy. Good for Latvia. Uh, any final thoughts? We will. We will. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. You guys enjoy your Memorial Day. Stay safe. Um, get some burgers, some hot dogs, maybe do some boating if you are lucky enough to be in a situation where that's a possible thing. 
because Memorial Day and Boaton go together like uh, peanut butter and jelly. Word, dude. I'm going to end before I say anything else stupid. Thank goodness. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.